you're listening to Tazi Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart in Tasmania right across Australia and each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events learn to study the Bible more effectively get to know who God is why we are here and where we are going and experience personal encounters with Jesus I'm your host, Tabitha Zachariah, and today we have David Leo joining us from Devonport. How are you, David? I'm well, thank you, Tabitha. Happy Monday to you and all our listeners. Happy Monday. It's Easter Monday, David. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome for a time of uh, holidays. Uh, yeah. If you're, having, if you're having holidays right now, I, I really hope that uh, you're having a great time and remembering hmm. the, the fact that Jesus has won the victory. Coming out of that tomb, you know, for each and every one of us. Yeah, indeed. Mm. How are you? was your weekend? Did you get up too much? Yes, uh, the, yes, the weekend was um, pretty full on, but I do want to talk about Thursday. Mm. Thursday, we had a young couple from um, a church at Devonport. They just got married. Mm-hmm. So we, I was involved in wedding celebrations, and uh, I've had the privilege of doing um, you know, um, premarital counseling with them, and then you know, um, conducting the wedding, and it was yeah a lot of fun. It was it was good to, you know, it's always nice when you see two two people that are in love and uh, they want to serve God and they're gonna, you know, have some influence in um, in our community mm-hmm. because of of the union. So, yeah, that was that was really awesome. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I mentioned that because uh, the parable that we're looking at actually revolves around a wedding. Mm. Yeah, and. Uh, and you know the the wedding we're looking at is very different to the western wedding i'm not sure you know i actually um i've been to different weddings now you mm-hmm. know like we've all got different ways of of doing i'm not sure how how does a kenyan wedding happen what's the traditions there uh it's actually different it depends with your tradition because we have up to 42 ethnic communities and each community wow. have the way it's different yeah yeah <laughs> But if, like, um, let's say your parents are more modern, then you don't really have to stick with the traditions. But some cultures, like, um, they're very, they really observe the traditions and uh, they have to do a traditional wedding. For instance, like the in- dowry. So we have introduction where the f- lady would go to the men's parents to meet them yep. and this vice versa. And then we'll mm-hmm. have dowry payment. So the man will go with his um, per, uh, his father. Mostly, it's the men who go mm-hmm. um, accompany the young man who's about to get married. They accompany him to the girl's family to negotiate dowry. And when they get there, it's usually a huge celebration, and there'll be lots of food. But they will have to do the um, discussions before eating. <laughs> Yes. So yeah, they do, yeah until they agree. Like if, before they agree, they don't. They can't actually sit down to eat. So until they agree, that's when they can actually calm down and sit down. And you'll see people are in a happy mood because yeah, they're in yeah. agreement, which is good. And then we'll have the man's family again coming to pay the dowry, and then now the actual celebration. So some people may do it like in a very traditional way, wearing um, traditional out- attires and. Um, Observing some traditions, um, mm, you know, like mm. having 
um, pots, like, you know, traditional pots. The lady will carry that on their head. It, it has different meanings, but I, we don't do that um, in my community. Not many uh, people observe, like, the traditional right. ways of yeah, doing well, the wedding. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably probably like my wife and I. You know, my wife's Cambodian, mm. and uh, their weddings can go over a, a week. Um, it's got similar things to you. It's got the dowry mm. and, uh, you know, the parents meeting on the first day, a tea ceremony, all these different things. And then myself being Samoan, mm-hmm. man, I don't know if you've been to a Samoan wedding, but they can be huge. You know, there's a lot of, lot of, uh, different formalities that happen. And, uh, we opted for the, um, the easy way out and we went for the Western, <laughs> Western, <laughs> Western way of doing that. <laughs> the Western way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, in the Middle East, um, and I want to give some background because this is going to help us understand the parable that we're, we're looking at. In the Middle East, it's similar as well. They had dowry payments, you know, arranged marriages. Um, but in, in this in this uh, parable that we're looking at, what used to happen um, in, in those times is that when a uh, man was about to marry a woman, they would have the official ceremony to say that we are betrothed, we are engaged, just like Joseph and Mary was, right? Mm. And what happens after the the, uh, the, um, the engagement is, and, that, and basically when you're engaged, you both families agree and the community agree that these two uh, are off the market. They're, they're both engaged to each other and basically married, you know, mm. in a way. And so what happens is the, the man goes and builds a house and usually it's um they'll build it behind their their father's house sometimes it's even joined actually often oftentimes it was joined to the father's house mm. imagine that and so um you know they they build their house and it's um uh, until it's ready and when when the house is ready mm-hmm. uh, the man comes to get his bride mm. And then there's this, you know, there's people waiting because, you know, everyone, everyone, people have had invitations and people will hear and hear this parade and this procession of celebration mm-hmm. that the husband is finally taking the bride home. Now, I don't, I, I don't recall, um, whether there's a time period that the, the husband is meant to do it in. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine that you're betrothed and it's going to take you two or three years to build a house. That's, <laughs> I don't know if that happened, but I'm pretty sure they try to do it as quickly as possible. Yeah, maybe they but, prepare before the engagement. To yeah, that's right. Finances. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they didn't have problems with banks and whatnot. You know, it's a, but but um, what do you call it? They'll come back and um, when they collect their bride, it's a celebration for everyone because finally they can consummate their their um their commitment to one another. Hmm. And um, in in this particular story, this. It's not about the bride or the groom. Mm. You know, there's actually people that the people that were invited to this um, the wedding procession. Mm-hmm. They're actually waiting, um, waiting around and, and wondering, oh, what, what time does the bridegroom come to collect his bride? Mm. All right, and there are these people that are waiting there, and and um, the parable Jesus is about to tell talks about these ten young virgins or ten young maidens, which was common back then. Uh, not the number ten, but it was common for young maidens to be, uh, you know, be, be joyous over um, their friend or their relative that's about to get married. And we see it today, you know. They, you know we still do that tradition of the um, throwing the flowers, you know, to mm. who's going to be next, who's going to be next to get married. You know, that's, that's the tradition that, that usually happens. But, um, I remember during my sister's wedding, um, she was. She wanted me to get the flowers, the bouquet, 
<laughs> but I did not get it. Um, <laughs> she was specifically like throwing it in my direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but one of my nieces got it and gave it to me. <laughs> like you're oh. next. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm. Wow. I, I'm. I'm pretty sure. I'm confident, Tabitha, mm. that uh, although that tradition is a lot of fun in that, you know, prayer prayer always goes a long way. Mm. <laughs> Say does. amen. Say amen. amen <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hey, without further ado, let's let's go to that passage, Jane. It's um, yeah, it's Matthew twenty-five for our listeners. Mm. Matthew twenty-five, verses one to thirteen. There is no bouquet throwing in this parable, <laughs> but uh, we will we will learn what do the what what is up with the maidens or the um the young virgins that Jesus mentions mm. in this parable. Yeah, just before I read the passage, um, just to remind our listeners, if you missed last week's um program um if you missed last week's show you can catch up through the faith fm app or through the faith fm website um you can get the app through the app store faith fm app um just type faith fm australia and uh, that will come up and you can download it and also our show number is zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one um text us any questions any comments if as you feel moved throughout the um today's program and we'll be able to share that on air um so i'm reading matthew 25 from verse 1 to 13 and mm-hmm. uh, the title is the parable of the ten virgins and i'm reading from the new international version um at that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom five of them were foolish and five were wise The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Mm. Later, the ones also came. Um, Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Mm. Wow. Can't wait to get into this. Yeah, we'll do that after the break. Um, Our first song is Standard Bearer by Four Ordained. Rejoice when I see my standard flying 
continue to go forth And though our numbers may be few Our will to win is strong We will carry on The Lord knows all that we can be So we must strive to live worthily To teach the world of truths restored So they may come to love their Lord He has asked us to prepare And this is mighty work And His standard we must bear As an ensign to the earth This message that we must proclaim This message we must give Is that He still lives was Standard Bearer by Four Ordained and you're listening to Tazi Encounters with David Leo um, and David is talking about the parable of the ten virgins and from that song um, the song is saying that even though Jesus has not come, he's there mm-hmm. and um, he will come um, sometime. It is up to us to be ready so that we are not caught unawares like the foolish virgins as we le- we read in the previous pas- in the passage mm. um from Matthew 25 verse 1 to 13 um i have a question for our listeners um let us know 
a time when being ready helped you um mm. when just being prepared was helped you to get something um yeah just helped you in any way let us know through zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one and we have a free book offer it's called end time living um and this book is talking about essential truths for troubled times and it's by mark finley and i'll give you more information later on so david in the previous section we read this scripture passage from matthew 25 1 to 13 about this parable of the 10 virgins yeah um what would you like to share about that passage well, yeah, this, just for the next uh, few minutes, I wanted to discuss the, you know, the intentions of, uh, these, these people that were there to wait for the bride to come. You know, everyone was there to celebrate, um, these 10 virgins in particular. You know, the, you, you could imagine the joy, you know, uh, weddings, uh, well, they're meant to be a joyous event. You know, all the weddings I've been to, you could feel the, the atmosphere of, um, of joy, you know, like, Mm-hmm. People are happy that this is happening, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and so these ten virgins have come to celebrate, and it was quite normal in the Middle East to have um, their weddings in the evenings, uh, possibly because it was hot during the days. I, I, I don't know, but um, so it was normal for them to wait, you know, wait for the bridegroom to come when they knew that the uh, c- ceremony was about to happen. And so everyone had good intentions. You know, the, the ten virgins, they basically, by all appearances in the parable, um, they were the same. Mm. They all came to celebrate. They all came with lamps. They all came uh, ready to, to join the procession when, when the bridegroom should arrive. Uh, what they didn't anticipate, um, that it was going to take so long. Mm. You know, so long to the point that they fell asleep. You know, and so remember, your intentions were good. Mm. They had good intentions. The intention was to celebrate when the when the uh, bridegroom comes to take his bride and and join the procession, mm-hmm. and so they all fall asleep. They've got their lamps. They've come with their lamps ready, and uh, unfortunately for them, you know, mm-hmm. the uh, bridegroom arrives at midnight. It's a late one, you know. He's put the finishing touches on his house and it fell on. Um, fell on that particular particular time and so when he returns and he returns with his party to come and come and um come and get his bride they're awakened they're awakened by the commotion they're waiting at the the brides around the bride's house and they're waking oh it's it's time Hmm. and remember their intentions are good (laughs) their intentions are good Hmm. all of them have fallen asleep Mm -hmm. and now they're awakened now, I want you to keep in mind as we think about these things we're talking about, Matthew 25 mm-hmm. comes directly after Matthew 24. Now, if you read through Matthew 24, the the um, theme of Matthew 24 rests on the disciples' question, when do we know, how do, how do we know when you're coming back, Jesus? That's the question in Matthew 24. Mm. <laughs> he gives an answer and then he gives this parable. Mm. Right? And, and then... All ten awake. Five of them have um, spare supplies for their lamp, and five of them don't. Right, and when five that don't have turn, they turn to the ones that do have jars. Hey, spare us some. You know, give us some from your from your jar. And according to the the parable, they say no. I I can't give you any. 
uh, it won't be enough for both of us. Now, when you read that, do you think to yourself, oh, that's a bit rude? <laughs> they're not, they don't want to share. <laughs> yeah, oh, they're, 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 not, they're not being kind by sharing, you know? Mm. But there is, a, there is a point to the reason why Jesus would say this. Mm. Why he'll put this out? We're gonna. I'll, I'll break it. I'll break it down soon. But the thing that I. Uh, this is where everything starts to differ. Before everything looks the same. Their intentions were good. They came to celebrate. They came to have joy. But the moment they wake up, then we see. Oh, there is a difference. You know, half of them have got a spare oil. Some of them don't. Right. The other half they don't. And I suppose the point I'm trying to make here is. We can always have uh, good intentions, you know. Our our hearts can can uh, really be stuck on something to say. Yeah, I want to. I, I want to be part of that. You know, we want to help somebody, mm-hmm. and you say to this person, uh, let's say you're, um, let's say the person's um, just having a hard time with life, right? And mm-hmm. you start helping them out. You've got good intentions. You know, your friends have got good intentions, but this person just won't change. You know, they won't. They won't do anything and blow up. You know all these kind of things, and then the intentions that you had, they start kind of wavering. You know what I mean? Mm. And you start. I, I think you start asking the question: well, Why? Why are you getting tired of this? You know, your intentions were good, but you're not ready to go through with what you intended to do. You know, the the person could be wearing you out. Now, um, there are so many other things, right? Uh, uh, for example. The one I always go to, and I think I've said this on radio a few times, the one I love going to is the, the New Year's resolution one, you know, where people say, oh, I'm going to quit smoking, I'm going to start going to the gym, I'm going to stop eating sugar, you know, I'm going to stop doing this. The intentions are really good. But as life goes on, you know, things start to waver off and it's like, oh, you know, back to back to square one kind of thing. And to old habits. <laughs> oh, yeah, back to old habits, back to uh, what, what we're used to and comfortable with, you know. And so um, even if it's something that's joyous, like a, a wedding, something that's gonna, that makes us happy and all these kind of things, I think, and I don't, I don't, I don't, mean, to, I don't mean to make this sound uh, mean or harsh, but because uh, I apply it to my own life, you know, when I really want to do something, and then three weeks later, I've stopped doing it. I question myself and say, did you really mean it? Like, did you, you know, if, yeah, let's say, for example, I say I want to quit sugar, right? And I, I haven't quit sugar. I, I do like uh, to have the, every now and then the, the naughty snack. But, um, you know, let's say I, I say I'm going to stop doing that, right? I have to find, I have to be prepared, you know, I have to be prepared with a plan on how I'm going to approach this. You know, I've got to, I've got to have that extra, uh, that extra jar of resources to say, you know, instead of, um, tomorrow morning, oh no, not in the morning, it's the afternoon one, right? In the afternoon slump, when you want to have a, uh, um, a chocolate bar for, for whatever sakes, instead of having a chocolate bar, I have an apple and I write that down and I have, when I wake up in the morning, I have my apple ready. I must chuck in an orange as well. And there's, there's me being ready, right? Mm. My intentions are good, and um, the, the the thing I want to uh, the point I want to bring out here is, uh, our, unfortunately, our intentions aren't enough. You know, the intentions are always good, but we've got to follow it up with um, preparedness because what we find here with these uh, 
these virgins, they they were ready to go, but they didn't come prepared like the other five who kind of indicate, no, nah, I'm in, I'm in this I'm in this party for real. <laughs> you know, I'm not here to I'm not here just to have a great time. I'm prepared that in case the bridegroom comes late, I've got what it's, I've got what I need, right? And the other five are like, oh man, you know, didn't think this one through. Mm-hmm. And so what we learn from these what we learn from these ten virgins is there are people just like the disciples asked the question, when when will Jesus come? And there are people that have made a commitment as Christians you know, and said, we, we want to wait upon the Lord. Hmm. And I can guarantee you, every single one of us that have made that commitment, we have good intentions. Mm-hmm. Right? But the rubber doesn't meet the road until Jesus comes. Hmm. And I want to put it in another way. Jesus hasn't left us without uh, learning what that's like. Mm. When a crisis hits in our lives, we really find out where our uh, our attitude and where our faith and where our um, dependency really lies on. Right? It really tells us, oh man, was I ready for this chaos? You know, was I ready for my car to? You know, to, you know, I have a car accident now. I don't have transport, and it's going to ruin the rest of my month because I don't have a spare car, or all these type of things. That the 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 response that we give at that time: Well, I trust God, or am I going to panic? You know, and and don't know where to get the uh, the resource or the oil in this in this case. So we're not left without trials or tests where God can say, "Hey." Um, who are you when you don't have your car? Who are you when you don't have your your whatever it is that's special to you? Mm. You know, but in those moments of crisis, mm. like the groom coming and you don't have enough jar, in those moments of crisis, we get to have the litmus test of where is my faith at? Mm. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll look at we'll look at what the we'll look a bit deeper into that part in the next segment after the after the song. Sure. When did being ready help you? Um, let mm. us know when did readiness, being prepared, um, help you in any way. Let us know on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. And our free book offer today is End Time Living. It's a beautiful book that is talking about essential truths for troubled times, and we all want to know the truth when. We are experiencing troubled times. So this is a very beautiful book. You don't want to miss it. Mm. It's by Mark Finley. And I will give you more information and um, the codes to claim the book later on. Our next song is When the Bridegroom Comes by Judy Seal. See the bride and the spirit are thirsty invite him to Oh 
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. That was When the Bridegroom Comes by Judy Seal. And you're listening to Taz Encounters with David Leo. And uh, David has been talking about the parable of the ten virgins. And I just want to encourage our listeners to share with us um, of a time when being ready uh, was beneficial to them. I'll quickly share my own experience. Um I was uh, I had applied for this job. It is it was with the media and um, communications agency, mm-hmm. and um, it a very reputable company actually. Um, there is um has 
high profile clients and uh, you, like I've seen a lot of good work that they've done and I really wanted to be part of the organization um, so I prepared for the interview like I've never be- before <laughs> like I did yeah I was I researched about the companies researched the LinkedIn profiles the website and you know all the works that they've done I was ready <laughs> I was prepared I knew what questions to ask and um prepared some of the um, common interview questions that uh, the interviewers will ask. Mm. So I was ready and I presented myself well for the interview and I felt like I did really well. Um, And actually I got really good feedback, but I did not get the job. Um, oh, I sure. felt disappointed, mm. yeah. But I did not have regrets because I knew that I had given my best. Yeah, because you know, if you if I wasn't, I would have said, "Oh, maybe I should have done this." Or, but then yeah. I had that um, peace of mind because I knew I had done my best, you know. And I said, "Oh well, it was not my time. It wasn't my job." So, yeah. Uh, but at least I was I was confident. I was more relaxed during the interview. Yes. Just, just because I was ready. Because you prepared, yeah, yeah, prepared earlier. Yes, very good, very good. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, I love hearing that story. I, I'll share I'll share a quick one um, that I think about. There was something that my wife and I did that was recommended to us when she was pregnant with our first child, and that was to do the um, mm-hmm. the classes, the maternal classes. Uh, you know things to expect during the pregnancy and what to do and what not and when we had our first child um I was prepared for what was happening you know I, was, I had my 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 timer out and timing the contractions in between and all that kind of stuff that we were told and we got to the hospital and praise the lord it was a um it was it was a uh, it was a quick birth apparently i didn't didn't realize you know, um it uh, it was a real blessing but then mm-hmm. with my second child Hmm. Um, you know, we we didn't do the classes again, but I knew what to expect. And she was actually born at home. It came that fast. Wow. So, and I I, I had not prepared for a home birth. Um, that was that was not on the cards, but ended up doing it anyway because and having you know, guidance on the phone. But because hmm. of our our first pregnancy <laughs> hmm. and and the and the maternal classes, then I was ready for that second one that we had not expected. You know, mm. so that was that was non-expectant, but praise the Lord for that. Mm. And 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 I, I asked that question for our listeners. You know, um, when was a, a time that you were ready and, and it was a blessing? Because um, in the story, it talks about the lamps and the oil, and there's something really important about these, uh, what they symbolize. <clears throat> you know, the the lamp in Psalms 119 verse 105, uh, David says, "Thy word." Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Right. So uh, when when you read that or when you hear this hear this uh, verse, you know that uh, light has a role in the darkness. <laughs> right. And we learn that the lamp is is what David compares to uh, David who wrote the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Uh, he compares this this light. It's your word. Your word is light in the darkness. Mm. And when it comes to the oil, and we have to be very careful of the oil, in um, Zechariah 4, Zechariah chapter 4, it gives us this imagery of the candlestick in the sanctuary where the oil is uh, constantly being poured through to allow the, the flames to, to ignite, and that's the light in the darkness. Hmm. So in order for the, for the light to be given, there needs to be oil. 
And it's tempting in this parable because if we say, oh, okay, does that mean that you can run out of Holy Spirit? No, that's, that's, uh, in its, in its essence, that's impossible. However, <laughs> but, I'll put that button there, <laughs> right? However, if the word of the Lord or the, the way the Bible has been in your life and, um, you could, you know, when I first read this parable and, and I think when I heard it in sermons, um, don't, I don't know if the preacher said it out right, but for some reason, I, my takeaway from this parable was, oh man, I gotta memorize more scripture. You know, I gotta, I gotta, um, you know, make sure that I, I know and understand the scripture more and better. Now, those are good things, right? Mm. But I just thought that's, that was it. There's something else that, that happens when you memorize scripture. You know, when you read something like Jeremiah 31 verse 3 that says um, that the Lord says that I have loved you with an everlasting love mm. and I've drawn you with loving kindness. Aren't those beautiful words? Yeah, that's beautiful. That's, that's mm. nice. But what if those words, <laughs> what if you heard those words but you didn't believe it? The How's the Holy How's the Holy Spirit supposed to work with that? You know what I mean? Mm. So it's one thing memorizing Scripture. It's one thing un- knowing and understanding what Scripture says. But the other element to this is, and which is which is why I encourage this. You know, uh, Romans ten verse seventeen says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. And and I I encourage that we saturate ourselves with the word of God. You know, even even when you're not even when you're not even consciously um, focused in when you're in your car and you're driving and you've got the Bible playing in the background, you know, perhaps somebody's doing that right now in their car, but you're getting the word of God in your system. Mm. It's actually happening, right? And it might come out at the most, um, you know, unexpected times, you know, like uh, a crisis happens. And then, you know, the word of God comes, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Are you going to believe it or not? Right? Are you going to believe the word of God or not? Now, all these, these, all these young ten virgins, all of them had this, the good intentions. All of them come to celebrate. And as, as Christians, when we accept Jesus Christ in our lives, yes, we have good intentions. We want to change our lives. We want to do all these things, right? But is, is our relationship with Christ in such a way that when he speaks, we believe him? Hmm. Now, I'm pretty sure somebody's asking the question, well, I don't really, how does that change? How does that change? How does it change? Here it is. Put his word to the test. You know, make, make, when, when things are happening, when a crisis hits, don't believe the story you've created in your mind. Don't believe, oh, I've had a car crash. I'm hopeless now for the next month. Forget that. Hmm. Forget that and hold on to this promise that I just mentioned. Oh, the Lord will never leave me, will forsake me. He says in Philippians 4 as well, I'll provide you with all your needs according to the riches and glory of Jesus Christ. Hold on to that one. Hold on to that oil because you've got none. <laughs> you don't have oil. You need, you need this spare oil. Mm. And then when you, when you start practicing and you, all these, all these promises that you remember and all these promises that you claim, instead of holding on to the story that you want to hold on to, that you're hopeless and nothing's going to come from this, well, with the reserve oil that you understand, well, um, you know, last time 
when uh you know I, I lost my my wallet, man, he helped me find it. Last time when this person was being mean to me, and I said to the Lord, "Give me patience," man, he gave me patience. He's going to keep his promise this time as well. Hmm. Claim it, you know. And that's how, so and and that's how the word of the Lord works in our lives. There's one thing, unpreparedness is memorizing the scripture for the sake of memorizing the scripture. Hmm. You know, memorizing things that happen in our lives that God does does for us, even our loved ones. We do that because it makes a relationship closer. It hmm. makes us trust them more. Hmm. It makes us go, wow, you know, I I'm not alone. I. I I I am loved. I am all these things that that God says. His truth is more solid than any truth that I think I have. Do you understand mm. what I'm saying? Mm. We create these stories in our head. Those stories must submit or must be squashed by the story that God tells us through mm. the Bible. Mm-hmm. We have His word. Mm-hmm. We have Amen. His word with us, so we should um, rely on that. Um, end time living are these important tr- truths for troubled times. That's the f- our free book offer today. We are going to give it to um, the, anyone who wants it. Um, it's by Mark Finley. The past is still with us. All of us live with the consequences of choices we made back then. Mm-hmm. What choices are you making today? Because the past is gone. How do That's you want right. to live your life in the future? Uh, Mark Finley... Mm. She has essential Bible truths in this book to help all of us make better decisions in these troubled times. We are living in troubled times, and um, God gave humans the ability to make moral choices. Today, we need that ability more than mm. ever before. I'll give you mm-hmm. the code to claim this beautiful book after the break. But first, let's listen to this song, It Could Happen in a Moment by Summer Brook and Mountain Faith.
That was It Could Happen in a Moment by Summer Brook and Mountain Faith. Uh, and you're listening to Tags Encounters with David Leo. And uh, David has been talking about the parable of the Ten Virgins. And um, in the previous section, David talked about um, the, what the oil and the lamp represents from the past scripture passage that we read. And um, that is the Holy Spirit and how it is important to hold on to spare oil that is the holy spirit mm. even when we feel hopeless and i promise to give you the code um to claim the free book over today which is um, end time living by mark finley and the code is encounter 10 encounter number 10 don't put any space in between text that to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and we'll be able to send this book to you and please note that sometimes we have delays and it, it may take a few weeks to receive the book but we'll, we'll surely send the book to you. Um, so, David, do you have anything else to um, share before you finish off? Yeah, for sure. I, mm. I, I wish I could. I mean, this is, a, if you've been listening to me for a while, this is my overarching theme. I keep saying this over and over again, right? I mean, um, the book that we're offering, um, as Mark Finley says, things that were done in the past that keep coming up, you know, um, and we keep uh, repeating it and, and uh, not accepting the grace and the forgiveness from God, um, not knowing how to live in a space where we put God's word first over ours, not trusting in our own ability of how to do things. And this is this is a huge thing. I, I, I encounter this a lot. I come across a lot of people that have created such a huge story that, um, that you know, and I think because, you know, when we create a story and when we uh, believe something about ourselves or about uh, not forgiving somebody else that's done something to us or forgiving ourselves we've spent a lot of time with that you know and so when you spend a lot of time on a project and uh, you know you've built this up for years and then Christ comes along and says uh, no you know that's not true what is true is that I forgive you what is true is that I love you with an everlasting love. What is true that is, if you take this next step, we're gonna we're gonna make some uh, we're gonna make some huge headway, right into um, this new life, this life that I've always had planned for you. But the 
the moment and the, and the fact that we keep holding on to what we've created and make it more important than God's word, man, that's hard to break through. And the point of the fact that we said, oh, well, how come they're not sharing their oil? When it comes to salvation, when it comes to um, how the Lord can save us when he's you know, con- confronted us and he's come to us and said, hey, look, I can take care of you. No one else can make that decision for you. No one can do no no one can share their oil and say, Hey, I'm gonna make you decide to choose Jesus. No one can do that for you but you. You know, when it comes to relationship, like like a wedding, <laughs> you know, could you could you imagine? Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if uh that person and and I know of stories where this happens where people just that they're they're forced to love somebody. You know, like they're gonna say, Hey, you're gonna to stay together? And, uh, you know, you may not, you may not love that person, but, you know, just do it anyway. You know, that's, that's tough. You know, it's like, uh, and, and we hate that we can't, we can't operate on somebody taking that decision out of our hands where we say, yeah, I believe, Lord, that the story and the plan of salvation that you've shown me supersedes my understanding of what salvation is. That's a, that's a tough thing to to uh, to grab onto, mm. and we've we've learned from this from this parable that Christians ha- all have good intentions, right? Mm. We all in this parable, everybody fell asleep. What that means? Well, what does that mean? That means you know we're we're living on. I, I interpret it this way it, um, because I live in a Western world. I interpret it. Oh man, life's good. You know, got everything I need. You know, got food, got shelter, got transport, got my family, everyone's healthy. We fall asleep and and forget that we actually need God's word every single day. Hmm. Let me take that back. Every single moment, we need God's word. Hmm. And I'm going to say this: when we learn, when we learn how to accept Jesus Christ and His word now. You know, that moment, those breakthroughs, and you know when you've had a breakthrough because uh, you literally feel a, a change in your mind and your heart, the burden's falling off your shoulders, you know, the, the sky is more blue than it was yesterday, and, you know, you just you get, the, the, the birds are singing louder. You know when this happens, it's like, man, I've given my, my burden, I've given my story over to Jesus Christ. You know when that happens. Hmm. And... When you're able to do that now, when you can see the face of Jesus Christ, the one who died on the cross, who rose again, that promised that he's coming again, when you're able to do that now, when Jesus' face should show up as he promised that when he actually returns, right, the time that Jesus comes through the clouds, that same face, that same Jesus that you dealt with today, while you're ready to deal with him then. Does that make sense? Hmm. You know, it's like, it's like a person that um, you know you've never met before, but this person <laughs> I'll tell you I'll tell you, I got this I got this friend over in Ghana, Asamo Samuel is his name, mm-hmm. and this guy reached out to me uh, six seven years ago now. Mm-hmm. He was in he was he was a young kid in high school, and he was a mutual friend on Facebook, and he reached out to me and said, "Excuse me, sir, my name is da da da. I'm 13, and I'm you know I I just need help. I want to get a camera, but I don't have any money." And I thought, man, I love the boldness of this kid, hmm. you know? So I, I, we started talking backwards and forwards, so I sent him a camera. 
And uh, he gets back and he's like, oh, thank you so much, sir. And he's sending, sending me photos of things he's doing over there. He's a, he's a Seventh-day Adventist kid. Mm. And we've had this relationship for the last six years. And every now and then he'll just write to me. He'll say, oh, um, please. He calls me dad now. He goes, please, dad. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm uh, getting ready to go to this excursion. I don't have any money. Um, you know, would you be able to help me out? Man, I'm happy to help out. You know, and and because of this relationship, even my kids, you know, they 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 love connecting with him too now. You know, he's he he's uh, he's not overbearing. He'll write to me like once. He'll ask for some money or some help probably once every three to six months. Mm. In fact, just talking about it now, I feel like I need to send him some money without him even asking, right? But those promises that I've kept before, mm-hmm. he's held onto that trust, right? And man, I want to, I want to be able to meet this kid. But if we are to meet in person, mm. I can promise you, if I said to him, "Hey, um, I'm going to pick you up at seven o'clock tomorrow morning. You better be ready." Mm. Asamoah is going to say, "I will be ready," mm. <laughs> because we've had this relationship for so long. Mm. And this is where we need to be with Christ. You know, we right now is the day of salvation. Right now is the day we choose Jesus. Right now is when we choose. My story is is. Um, it's not as important as I think. The story that Jesus told me about myself, that is more important. And Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and I want to trust Him. And when I trust Him today and give everything to now, then I know when that day comes, when the bridegroom comes, I'm ready. I've got my, I've got my Holy Spirit experience. I've got my reserves. And I know that the Lord keeps His word. His word is sure and mm. certain. And that's where we need to be. So that's the crux of this this parable indeed um, thank you for that powerful sharing David and I hope and pray that our listeners have been blessed with your message mm. and uh, just to remind our listeners the code to claim today's book offer is encounter 10 text encounter 10 to 0488880891 and we'll be able to send that book to you and next week David will be talking about the rich fall from the book of Luke 11 13 to 21 so don't miss out um, on that beautiful or special program that David will have prepared. And tomorrow we have um, Peter Watts and Jason, and Peter will be talking about the privilege of prayer. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day wherever you are. And we're going out with this song, This Little Light of Mine by J.J. Heller. <laughs>